everyone, and welcome. My name is Katie, and this is Motive, a true crime podcast with a focus on murderers and serial killers, psychological perspectives, and other interesting crimes. The Costa Concordia was a cruise ship built in 2004 in Italy by a subsidiary of the Carnival Corporation. In 2005, the ship was christened by model Eva Herzegova, but the champagne bottle failed to break when swung against the hull. This is known to be an inauspicious omen in maritime superstition. This is where our story begins. Okay, so the Costa Concordia had about 1,500 cabins and one of the world's largest exercise facilities at sea. It had 13 decks, multiple spas, five restaurants, 13 bars, a three-level theater, casino, disco club, and children's area. It sounds like your average cruise ship. On January 13th of 2012, the luxury cruise liner set off on a voyage around the Mediterranean Sea. There were 3,206 passengers and 1,023 crew aboard. The week-long cruise started from the Italian port of Civitavecchia in Lazio, Italy. As the ship was making its way along the Italian coastline, the captain, Francesco Scatino, ordered the ship to be steered close to the island of Giglio as a sail passed salute. This was the deviation from the ship's planned route. Captain Scatino gave the helmsman coordinates, followed by the warning, quote, otherwise we go on the rocks. Fifteen minutes later, at 16 knots, and during a gala supper many passengers were enjoying, the ship collided with La Scole Reef, 870 yards from Giglio. Coincidentally, it was claimed that Titanic's theme song, My Heart Will Go On, was playing in the restaurant. A 174-foot-long gash was pounded into the portside hull. Remember the champagne bottle that didn't break along the same hull? Yeah. The impact sheared two long strips of steel from the hull. Where the ship collided with the reef included three compartments of the engine room, or deck zero. When this happened, power from the engines and ship services ceased, and the ship started to take on water. The crew struggled to assess the situation and relayed incomplete information to the Italian authorities. The boat was shaking and dishes crashed to the floor. People were running. People were falling down the stairs. The chief engineer and electrical officer tried and failed to start the ship's emergency diesel generator. Not long after that, passengers were told that the ship had suffered a blackout but that the situation was under control. 
The same information was given to the harbor master. Passengers were reporting problems to the local police. While the engine room was flooding, the ship started to list to the port side. Less than 30 minutes later, strong winds pushed the vessel back towards the island, but was still listing at an angle of more than 30 degrees. The Concordia listed heavily to starboard and then drifted back and grounded near shore. It then rolled onto her starboard side in an unsteady position on a rocky underwater ledge. Half of the ship remained above water, but was in danger of sinking completely into a 230-foot deep trough. So, here's where the captain starts to seem like a little sneaky, sketchy dude. Scatino attributes the final grounding of the ship to his own effort to maneuver the ship there. When it came to the court hearing, the chief of the Italian Coast Guard testified that the final grounding may not have been related to any attempts to maneuver the ship. The ship's first officer also stated that Scatino left his reading glasses in the cabin and repeatedly asked him to check the radar for him. Additionally, Scatino had a mistress who was on the bridge of the ship when it struck the reef. She was a Moldovan dancer named Dominica Chimorton. Entertaining your young love on the ship's bridge is apparently against the rules. The reason this is important is because witnesses have accused Scatino of showboating behavior, and one could assume it's due to the presence of his lover. Okay, back to the shipwreck. Let's review the timeline. So, the ship left port at 7.18 p.m., local time. At 9.45 p.m., the ship hit the coral reef. This was when the hull was torn into. At 10.20 p.m., a passenger recorded a video of panicked passengers in life jackets being told by a crew member that everything was under control and that they should return to their cabins. The general emergency alarm was raised at 10.33 p.m. At 10.42 p.m., port authorities were alerted about the collision. At 10.48 p.m., the ship settled on the rocky seabed. Eight minutes later, at 10.54 p.m., the captain finally gave the order to abandon ship. So, I think we all know the saying, the idiom, the captain goes down with the ship. I'm sure we've all heard it after the movie Titanic or whatever. It actually became a saying before that. Um, But the captain goes down with the ship is a maritime tradition that a ship captain holds ultimate responsibility for both his ship and everyone embarked on it. In an emergency, he is supposed to save everyone or die trying. The captain of the ship should forego his own rapid departure and concentrate on saving other people. This should result in the death of the captain or the late rescue of him as the last passenger on board. Okay, now that we've covered that, most passengers on the Costa Concordia escaped in lifeboats but the angle of the ship made evacuation difficult. Some passengers jumped into the water to swim to shore. Three people drowned, and seven were critically injured. 
from jumping off of the ship into the water. At 11.19 p.m., Captain Scatino abandoned the bridge. And at 11.32, the second master also left the bridge. Around 300 passengers and some crew were still aboard the ship. At midnight, dozens of passengers remained, many clinging to the exposed side of the ship. That's just so awful. That reminds me of this, those scenes in Titanic when people were clinging to the sides of the board. At 12.42 a.m., a Coast Guard commander ordered the captain to get back on board. He did not, and he went ashore. At 1.04 a.m., an Air Force officer was lowered on board by helicopter and reported that there were still 100 people on board. At 3.05 a.m., 600 passengers were evacuated to the mainland by ferry because Gilio was an island off of the mainland. At 3.44 a.m., the same Air Force officer reported that 40 to 50 people were still on board. The rescue continued over the weekend. The ship's officer, the safety officer, was discovered and evacuated with a broken leg at noon the next day. Between January 14th and January 30th, rescue divers searched within the ship for missing people. The head of the diving team described the conditions inside the ship as disastrous. It was still perched on a 120-foot ledge. Conditions were pitch black and large furniture was floating around, which made the rescue even more hazardous. On January 28th, the 17th body, that of a female crew member, was recovered from a submerged part of the vessel. On February 22nd, divers found eight additional bodies in the wreckage. March 22nd, another five bodies were discovered in a remote section of the ship. On January 15th of 2013, over a year later, the final two bodies were thought to have been located but could not be recovered. On November 3rd, 2014, the final body was discovered. It was of an Indian crew member. did not make it. Captain Scatino was arrested and charged with multiple counts of manslaughter and abandoning ship. First officer Ciro Ambrosio was also arrested. The Italian penal code and code of navigation specifies abandoning ship by 1. Of his having caused the shipwreck owing to imprudence negligence and incompetence resulting in death. Two, having abandoned about 300 people unable to fend for themselves. Three, and not having been the last to leave a shipwreck. The judge summoned survivors to testify at a hearing. On February 24, 2012, prosecutors alleged that Scatino, quote, 
slowed down the ship so that he could finish his dinner in peace. And to, co to compensate for lost time, subsequently increased to 16 knots just before the sail passed the loot of Gilio. Additionally, on February 19th, the Associated Press reported that traces of cocaine had been found on Scatino's hair samples, quote, but not within the hair strands or in his urine, which would have indicated that he had used the drug. The Costa Concordia also happened to be carrying a huge shipment of mafia-owned cocaine on this voyage, but it was said that senior officials probably weren't aware of it. On July 20th, 2013, five people were found guilty of manslaughter, negligence, and shipwreck. Included in this group was the company's crisis director, Roberto Ferrarini, Manrico Giampadroni, the cabin service director, three crew members, first officer Ciro Ambrosio, helmsman Jacob Rusli Bin and third officer Silvia Coronica. They were all given between one and two year sentences. In a separate trial for manslaughter and causing the loss of the ship, Captain Francesco Scatino sought a plea, plea bargain agreement. He was eventually convicted and sentenced to 16 years in prison. Costa Cruises at first offered to pay his legal costs, but later decided not to do so. The salvage of the ship wasn't going to be easy. The ship itself weighed 114,500 tons. The ship had 2,400 tons of fuel. The ship needed the fuel to be removed in order to avoid any environmental disaster before the rest of the ship was salvaged. The ship would need to be refloated and removed so it could be safely broken up in port. This would be the largest ship refloating project. The ship was eventually lifted from underwater platforms by pumping air into 30 large metal boxes attached to the hull. The final cost was expected to be between 1.5 and 2 billion American dollars. This final cost included tow costs, 100 million euros for the ship to be broken up for scrap, and the cost of repairing damage to Gilio Island. The spookiest part of this entire story situation is that it occurred nearly exactly 100 years after the Titanic shipwrecked, which was April 15th of 1912. Do you remember when I mentioned someone stating that they heard my heart will go on in one of the restaurants when the ship struck the coral? Spooky. The Costa Concordia was more than twice the size of the, of the Titanic. A photographer recently and somehow snuck onto the wreckage. He said, quote, 
he wasn't scared. It was really peaceful, but also extremely nightmarish because you could sense the panic all over the place. The passageways are really narrow and the ceilings low. You walk down a hall and there's luggage and strollers and wheelchairs thrown about everywhere. People packed up their stuff and headed for the lifeboats, but at some point they just dropped everything and started running. This gallery and article can be found on Vice's website. I'll link the gallery and article below. That's all for this episode. Next episode will be focused on a serial killer, though I haven't decided which one yet. If you like this episode, please feel free to offer feedback and or reviews. If you have any suggestions or things that you'd like to hear more about, please let me know. Thank you for listening, and this is Motive. Thank you.